This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Out of Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined by my co-host John. Hello. And uh, this week we are talking about Captain Marvel. Just for context again, Tom is still wearing his towel over the microphone. Yes, yes I am. And it's so true. One of the funniest things is I thought about like, what if that towel was like preserved in a museum and you'd be like, oh my god, <laughs> it's the towel it's, that somebody not- used for the podcast. I've had this towel since 2008. It's a Star Wars The Clone Wars towel, and Ooh. it's one of my favourite things that I hear. Well, it's helping you. Exactly. Cool. All these 15 years later, and it's still coming in handy. Yes. And today, we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel. That was 2019? Yes, four years ago. Wow. Did not feel like four years ago. I remember it was the time when Avengers Endgame was really, really hyped up. And I bet this film was building up hype towards Endgame. Mm. And I was one of those people who was like, oh my god, let's see what this Captain Marvel thing is all about. Like, it was teased at the end of Infinity War where Nick Fury calls Captain Marvel... I wasn't surprised. It felt like the same experience when I watched in the cinema. But then four years later, I still wasn't like, you know, when you watch a film four years later, you feel like, oh, there's a new meaning. Oh, there's a new thing that I haven't seen. Oh, that's a new perspective. This one, I don't know. I just felt like it's the same thing four years later. I was like, there's nothing really changed my perspective on the film. It's just okay. <laughs> When it comes to Marvel movies, we rewatch Marvel movies quite yes. often for the pod. Mm-hmm. One day, we will never have to do another Marvel rewatch ever again <sighs> uh, when we eventually catch up and we've ticked all yes. of them off. But it seems like every time we do rewatch Marvel movies, not always the case that, you know, like we rewatch the Guardians movies and those held up very well. But most of the Marvel movies, I do think they're not anything special. I think this movie isn't anything special. But at the same time, this is an interesting one because this movie, as you say, you know, it was like huge buzz after Infinity War and then coming up towards endgame but also this made a billion dollars it was top 10 of 2019 i think and there was a lot of controversy surrounding it once again we're back to the raging misogynists who hated this movie and brie larson for no good reason but of course you know like the opinion on this movie was split for whatever reason it was so it was interesting coming back to it with all of this context and obviously we're getting the marvels in a few weeks and so we're going to be covering that as well and and, uh, you know i'm interested to see how that's going to go but what i find interesting is long time listeners may know there is a literal 1% chance please comment below if you are this one listener (laughs) but before I did the podcast I did reviews I used to review on the Instagram account and I reviewed Captain Marvel twice actually and oh, twice! I was, yes, yes. Yeah, I remember this. I remember this yes. specifically. I was like, "Wait a minute, that's that's twice." That's <laughs> yes, twice. yeah. I did it when it came out, and then across like 2019, I kind of became a bit disillusioned with the MCU. I was questioning whether all the movies were as good as I remembered, and so I didn't rewatch any of them. I just decided to re-review them, going off like what I'd cultivated from the internet. It's not the way that one should do reviews, but here we are again, and I will tell you guys the score that I gave Captain Marvel back in the day later on but here we are four years later and now i have rewatched it this time so yeah captain marvel briefly explain the plot for those who don't know full spoilers ahead okay a mr mission there's a kree warrior gets separated from a team and stranded on earth 
However, her life takes an unusual turn as she teams up with Fury, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Okay, right. So, what did you think? I remember misogynistic comments about the mm-hmm. film, but also there was a lot of controversy around this film. One of the problems with this film is that I really struggled with was there wasn't emotion, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I know there was some really, re- there was one of my favorites is when Carol was like standing up against the great intelligence. You could see that whole montage of like, you know, her from different times. And it was really powerful. I really loved that moment. And I felt like, yeah, this is really cool. And you get to see her be like this Super Saiyan type thing. And she (laughs) destroys everyone. I really loved that bit. That was a really cool, like, emotional bit. But I don't know what was the direction for Brie Larson for this not showing emotion. I hope I'm just the only one just thinking about this. Like, it was really hard to, like, trying to connect, you know, like, is there some emotional weight on her? Is there something that... And trying to connect, and it was, like, really hard to go through that. I hope it's just me. I was really, really trying my best to get through that. And it was really, really cool to see that moment in the film again. I was like, yeah, this is something that the film really needs. It needs something that has that emotional weight i don't know yeah well i mean i definitely agree that is maybe the best moment of the film you see carol getting up and her humanity shines through she tries again and she gets up when she's been knocked down that's so amazing that scene is great and i don't think that it's brie larson's performance i know that a lot of people do think that her performance is very stilted in this movie but i think you're right i think it is the direction and i think that it's the direction of the plot as much as the direction of the movie as in anna Bowden and ryan fleck's direction which you know is, is serviceable you know they 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 direct it fine but i think it's more yeah. about the narrative that confuses me because oh, we yeah, get this yeah. whole like mystery of like oh i don't know my memories and all that and then we basically learn everything we need to know basically within like 20 minutes when the scrolls are like invading carol's mind and they see all of her memories that gives us everything we need to know basically apart from yeah. some of the specifics about how she got into the kree empire we basically are just told it all and so we no, have information it's literally the opposite of show not tell it was just like oh okay here we go this just happened so yeah and this is how Carol got her powers and all that. And like, oh, there was a crash that happened. Oh, no. And all the project and that. Yeah, we just basically just got told through dialogue. The only thing that we don't see is the whole like Tesseract and Jude Law's character being the villain. Yeah. And that's revealed later. But but really like the whole time we are following Carol on this journey of self-discovery where she revisits old places and she gains back her memories. But the audience isn't alongside her. The audience always has this omniscient view where we know more than she does. And that's just not the way to follow this kind of character. I just don't really think that works. And I think that that kind of leaves the movie to struggle a little bit, especially especially in the first half. Like, I was shocked by how much better the second half of this movie was than the first half. The first half... It does feel emotionally stunted and it's just kind of boring action and we get rid of this semi-cool space saga to to go to the 90s and, you know, we're following around characters as they kind of bond, but not really. I mean, I must say... Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson have really good chemistry. It's really fun mm. watching them on screen. I really like all the performances in this. And I do think that Brie Larson does a very good job. And I really did like her character. I like it whenever she's kind of a little bit cheeky. She talks back. She does have that charisma. I think people are wrong when they say that she can't carry a Marvel movie. She absolutely can. We've had much she more can. boring protagonists in Marvel movies. And I do think that she does make this movie interesting. And I would say that in that first half, we know more than she knows. And so it's boring watching all of that. 
the conflict is boring. I know they're setting up this twist, but it's like, what's the point of setting up the twist if that leaves the first half, especially on a rewatch, it leaves the first half with so little to be desired. And it's not until we get to that second half where we get the stuff with the scrolls and Talos and we get the stuff with Monica and Maria Rambo and Carol kind of connects to her past a little bit more and has to struggle with what she has been doing and what this war has meant. It's not really until then that we kind of get to dig into some of the meat of this story, which I do think there's a lot to be explored and it does the standard Marvel thing where there's not a whole lot to be gained from it. There's not a whole lot of meaningful exploration, but it's there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of potential to explore in the second half of the film, like with the whole thing with Supreme Intelligence, but also Lawson as well. Like, what is this whole mystery about the Kree and what they do? And it's only shown through only minutes in the first half. And just like, there's Jude Law's character. He's just there and he's got this really weird motivation. And it doesn't explain anything at all what he's actually doing with Brie Larson's character. And it's just like, okay, what what is motivation it's just very would you say it's one-dimensional or two-dimensional i think it's pretty one-dimensional there's not really a whole lot to that villain he's just like yes i'd serve the kree and that's about it like there's an interesting moment at the end where he says I'm so proud of you. And you kind of see that he does actually care for her. And that would be an interesting thing to explore. The problem is, is that he's not really in this movie because they want to explore the Earth stuff so much more than they want to explore the space yeah. stuff. I understand why, obviously, you know, like they have to establish Carol and Fury's relationship. But I do think that kind of comes with some difficulties. But at the same time, I do think that Jude Law is always a pleasure to have on screen. And also, I really like that moment at the end where we've had our big smashy bashy moment with (laughs) Carol, you know, where she goes Super Saiyan, like you're saying, and and she just kind of destroys all the ships. And, you know, I thought that was really cool. I like it when she punches her hand and she's like, come on, come and get me. And all the Kree just fly away and they're like, nope, 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 nope. And then Jude Law is like, yeah, come on then, fight me without your powers. And she just (laughs) shoots him into a rock <laughs> she's like i don't need anything to prove to you i think that is actually a really kind of cool That's, idea like yeah. this movie when it comes to the hero's journey i think does it really really well and really effectively much more than it does with the villains like it, again it's that marvel problem of villains being so subpar yeah i agree like that was one of the key moments for carol to go against Jude lord's character and like she doesn't have to prove anything else to him anymore and I thought that was a good bit of development for Carol in that story. And you could really see that well developed in the second half. But the first half, it's just really dull. You don't know a lot about Carol in the past. As you just said about like, we see the scrolls look into her memories. But yeah. And one of the things that was annoying about, you know, like, if you want to foreshadow something in the story, you've got Ben Mendelsohn as talos but also the head of shield and it's just quite funny when if you're watching the film the first time you're like oh i noticed that accent and keller is actually a scroll but one of the problems is that tom do you remember the tv series that came out this year called secret invasion john i wish that i couldn't remember that that show oh boy, but i do i, I do remember it came it. back to me i was like wow i wonder how this is gonna link really well to secret invasion Do you remember that in the story in Secret Invasion, Ben Mendelsohn's character, his wife, gets killed in the crossfire during Captain Marvel? No, I don't think so. I think she's supposed to die. Oh, is it a different story? Oh, sorry. I completely misremembered. (laughs) This is why Marvel is giving me this brain so memorable. Well, it's like after I'd finished Captain Marvel on Disney+, Plus. Disney+, Plus is like, hey, you might like Secret Invasion. It's like, no, no, no. I, I will not like Secret Invasion. Thank you very much. But this kind of 
shows just another thing about secret invasion i like how we're talking about captain marvel and yet we're still complaining about secret invasion it's that this movie does not set up any of those ties like talos and his wife talos and his daughter those things just aren't important like they're kind of just footnotes in his motivation in this movie and even with fury like what we're doing here it doesn't really add weight to the secret invasion story like i remember saying in the video we were like uh maybe if we rewatch captain marvel we might see some of those connections but we really don't it's yeah. still the same boring character the worst thing is that we only get told about the conflict between the scrolls and the humans through dialogue we don't know anything we don't know what's the visual clues about why is there a secret invasion in the first place in the tv series as well you're just trying to figure out but also the show is just shock value and terrible writing and plot points as well and this is now a review of secret invasion again um, <laughs> no again. but but yeah you're right and final point about secret invasion and i'm going to use this to tie back into captain marvel Ooh, secret okay. invasion is not a fun show it's not enjoyable i can't switch my mind off and enjoy it it's just boring and dull and to captain marvel's credit i never found it boring and dull I, oh, yeah. I had a I had a perfectly serviceable time just watching this very standard MCU movie. And I think that's kind of the thing with a lot of these movies is that you can just kind of turn your mind off and enjoy it. And I appreciated that this movie wasn't like, of course, it had the standard MCU humor sometimes, but it wasn't all humor. Like, I would say this movie is better than all the Ant-Man movies. I know that would oh, get yeah. a lot of people yes. upset, but I would say yes. they're better than the Ant-Man movies because they do take things seriously sometimes, and they do hang on those emotions. Like, the moments when Talos reunites with his family, even though the family doesn't do anything and have no character, it was good in that brief moment when we got to see them together. Or when Monica and Maria reunite with Carol, like, that all really works. I thought Maria and Monica were a really good heart of the movie for Carol. Monica's relationship with Carol was really, really sweet in that moment when Monica's changing the colours on Carol's suit and they're laughing and she calls her Lieutenant Trouble and they talk about Carol sticking around, that was really heartfelt and really sweet and it, you know, it, it sets up things for the Marvels and for WandaVision with Monica's character pretty well. I really like that yeah. core and I think that those things are what make it better than some of the other bland Marvel movies that we've done. Yeah. Something like Ragnarok, something like Ant-Man. I don't like those movies because they refuse to take things seriously and when they do, they undercut it with jokes, whereas this it feels like they do care and it feels like they do craft these characters quite well and yeah. for that i really applaud it yeah and the character dynamic is really strong with talos with nick fury but also carol Devers. there's some really good scenes that really you know there's some bit of fun of it you know like the film is quite serious but there's some fun moments with them and it's really painful when you try to watch a film that has these really great characters you know nick fury and talos and they're in a later show which we won't mention again with talos you're like oh this is a really interesting character i want to see where it goes should we talk a little you're... bit about nick fury yes because nick fury i think this is interesting this is probably one of the best examples of de-aging that there is oh brilliantly yes brilliant it was brilliant to see that like it just aged well <laughs> oh oh funny funny and the cgi was just pretty good 
not gonna yeah. lie the cgi throughout this like, movie had decent cgi yeah and when you look back at the cgi in marvel there's some really good ones and some terrible ones but this one mm. this is a really decent one and you can see that really well with samuel jackson's de-aging in that time and then we got asian colson my boy asian yeah, colson right okay colson good to see you colson why are you here <laughs> it's like what like i was so confused as to his thing and i don't know why samuel l jackson's de-aging looks pretty good but clark greg looks like a toy he looks plastic it's the weirdest thing ever that was uh, so confusing to me i guess they spent like, all the budget yeah. on samuel l jackson i mean at the, at the end of the day a recast would have been better i do i love samuel l jackson and clark greg but just just recast them guys come yes. on like even though nick fury's de-aging was good it still was a little bit Dilted, and it's probably the best that we will get, but it's still like, just don't be afraid to recast. Like, nobody cares. But what I do care about is, and I know this has been done to death. I can't really add anything to what has already been said, but Nick Fury's eye, in this movie, we get the origin of how his uh, eye is no, taken no. out. <laughs> And it is indeed scratched out by a uh, flurkin slash cat. And I understand exactly what they were going for, but that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That is the stupidest thing ever. Because, dear listeners, if you remember that legendary scene in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Nick Fury, it was like, I trusted someone along the lines with that. Like, I trusted someone and this happened to my eye. And I was like, yeah. damn, I hope we get like a cool backstory about like, you trusted someone and this happened. A cat. A, a cat. cat that happened. <laughs> oh, Why did man. this happen? I was like in the cinema. I was like, no, it can't be. It can't <laughs> so, be that okay, cat. It's, it's good to see young Nick Fury. That's really fun. But I would say that we don't need to see how he lost his eye. It Just keep it a mystery forever. I think that would be a really cool thing. Like, we never know. It. So much that makes Fury in the present day stories, like Winter Soldier, is the fact that we don't really know anything about him. As Iron Man says in Avengers, he is the spy. His secrets have secrets. And I love that angle of him. And we just don't need to see how he lost his eye like that. Come on, guys. That's so stupid. It really does take away that mystery and that intrigue and that amazing moment where he takes off his eye patch and he says, you need to keep both eyes open. Like, that's oh, yes. amazing. That's and amazing. we're going to be doing oh, the Captain America movies next year before oh, yeah. uh, New World Order. And I'm really excited about that. Is it called mm. new? Is it still called New World Order, or do they change it to Brave New World? I I don't know. I think uh, they changed it's... the name. It's now called Brave New World. I don't know Brave... if they finished it. Brave New World. Obviously... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I okay. guess that's still in. I mean, we don't really know what's happening because obviously the, the actors strike. They're still not getting the money they deserve, and so yeah. a lot of uh, productions have been put on on hold again. Everyone support the strike. That's that's really important. Please support the strike. Um, that is super important as well with the actors. They are literally the most creative people out there, you know, with mm. acting. And they will do everything on the line with that. And they're not getting support. So please do support the actors. Absolutely. Uh, strike. Um, Final thing I have to say about this movie yes. is the score kind of slaps. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was like listening to the opening. I was like, damn, this is actually a bit of a bop, you know, like yeah, you know, like with the with the synths and with the yeah, uh, right orchestral. Yeah, it was really good. And Captain Marvel's theme is really, really great as well. And that comes back in Endgame actually, which I think is a really nice touch because Marvel doesn't do a lot of that. It's Pinar Toprak who did the score for Star Girl as well, which is a really cool show. And oh, it's really yeah, great to see her doing an MCU film. You know, like it, it it's good to see because obviously this is a big deal. This is the first female-led Marvel movie 
movie. And it's great to see a lot of female influence in this, you know, through like one of the directors mm. and, and the composer and obviously like through this cast and stuff. That's already fun to see. And yeah, the score was just really cool. I hope she also scores the Marvels. But oh yeah, yeah, I think I think that's all I have to say about this movie. Yeah, again, this was a completely new thing for Marvel. This is the first female-driven film, and it's a massive accomplishment. You know, this film made a billion dollars, and that's crazy. Pretty that impressive. is, and again, it was controversial and some sexist comments as well against Brie Larson and this idea that she can't carry this film. As you said, yes, she can. It's just the mm. direction for her acting and hopefully we'll get to see something really cool with Brie Larson in, yeah. in the Marvels as well and I'm, I'm excited for the Marvels you know we've yeah. got Nia DaCosta directing which I think is really exciting especially oh, you know, yeah, the great. direction in Captain Marvel as I briefly said it's fine but I would like a little bit more style there yeah style and style that was what yeah I was and about. you yeah. know like I enjoyed Miss Marvel so I'm excited to see her again and obviously oh, great. Yeah. Too. it could be cool we'll see how that goes but mm. yeah, what are you going to give Captain Marvel out of 10? I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's fine. It doesn't offend me at all. <laughs> um, when I originally reviewed this, oh yes, um, yes, this, I, gave this, this, an, this. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Oh, um, okay. And then I, when I re-reviewed it, I gave it a 6 out of 10. So actually, I agree with myself. But what's interesting is that I, <laughs> I used to review things where i'd give them a score for entertainment and a score for quality and the this, average would this i remember i remember this yes, yes. oh my god yes. yeah so on on entertainment i gave this movie this is a four out of ten which i completely disagree with because i think this movie oh, is wow fairly wow. entertaining not not four out of ten at all and then on quality i gave it an eight out of ten just so you know that's not how you review movies <laughs> you that's don't review you, them no, entertainment no. versus quality no 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 it all comes together into one package emotion is a big reason as to why oh. a movie might be received well by you but uh yes but yeah that's my original review wow uh, what a throwback yeah yeah do do uh, comment below if you are one of those people who remembers this and still listens in which case hello how are you doing <laughs> good to have you here but yeah that's yeah. everything thank you everybody for listening if you're listening on youtube and you enjoyed you can like and subscribe if you want to see more and if you're listening on spotify you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy and next week we're going to be doing scott pilgrim versus the world in preparation for the new anime show scott pilgrim takes off which i think is going to be really fun i'm excited to talk about what could be edgar wright's masterpiece and you can send us an email at our at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Scott Pilgrim versus the world and ask us any questions. And we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. Yes. And you can follow us on Instagram at Out of Time Pod to see our incredible thumbnails from Zane Asville on Twitter from Tom's Thoughts and TikTok to see edited clips, which are also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. And you can find links to that all in the description below. Thanks for L. James Mayer for the excellent theme and Ronan Phillips for vocals as always. And I think that's everything. That's everything. Uh, you're, you're getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Woo! Uh, yes, I, I cannot wait to talk about Scott Pilgrim and the anime as well. So stay tuned for that and more things in the future as well. Can't wait to talk more. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.